Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couch Politics. My name is Justin, and today I'm joined by Daniel and Manny. And today we're going to be talking about the crisis that is going on in Venezuela. And I just want to remind you that you can reach out to us at couchpoliticstalk at gmail.com with any questions or concerns, or you can reach out to us on Twitter, that is at politiscouch. And so today we're going to talk about Venezuela and just a little bit about uh, Venezuela before we um, get started in our discussion. Uh, Venezuela, of course, is a country in uh, South America. It's been governed for about the past 20 years by a socialist party, the PSUV. Um, Hugo Chavez was president from 1999 until 2013. I think there was a little bit period of time where he got like overthrown for a bit, but he took back power and he was succeeded by Nicolas Maduro, um, who barely beat out his opposition. Since then, um, or over since the PSUV, the um, Socialist Party has been in power. They have taken control of most of the judiciary, the Electoral Council, uh, and the Supreme Court. Um, and then uh, the President Maduro um, decided to create a rival body to um, the legislator, the National Assembly, because the opposition parties had gained the majority in, in the legislature. So he decided to make up a rival body made up of people who basically supported him and will, who have powers basically that would over ride any of those of the National Assembly. Um, since he's been in office, uh, Venezuela has not done well. The economy has been doing pretty bad. Uh, there's been shortages of food and medicine. Um, and then in 2018 in May, uh, he was reelected. And a lot of people believe that those were rigged elections. Uh, and he was sworn in on the 10th of January. Um, basically, since people thought it was rigged, this has basically turned into a... Um, turned into a situation where the head of the National Assembly, Juan Guaido, has um, declared himself interim president. And since then, uh, the two rival sides have been kind of going uh, back and forth with each other. Um, Guaido uh, claims that he is, since he's interim, um, because uh, Maduro is a usurper because he's been messing around with the National Assembly and the Constitution and things like that. Uh, so far, 50, 50 countries, um, actually more than 50 countries, including U.S., have recognized Guaido as um, the legitimate leader of Venezuela. Uh, but Russia and China have stuck by Mr. Maduro. Um, and so basically, um, things have kind of really ramped up uh, recently. And um, Guaido has uh, been quoted as saying that um, this is basically the final phase of this attempt to remove Maduro from power. So that's where things stand now. So what are your thoughts on the situation in Venezuela? I'm going to um, give it first to you, Daniel. Well, I think to, to start from the beginning, I, I wonder why, how did Venezuela get into this situation? It, um, I've always known about, growing up, I've always heard about Hugo Chavez, and um, I know... Well, I'm curious as to, you know, Venezuela has oil. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they, they've they uh, successfully used that oil for their benefit. And about the situation now, it's unfortunate. It's, I guess, the first time I've seen my, in in my life uh, an, act, an active situation with a, with a dictator in, in this side of the hemisphere, of this side of the um, world. And um, it's a, a rather unfortunate situation 
and I guess everyone's afraid to see this um, unfold into um, into a regime change by the United States, and um, people don't want that. People are trying to make sure that doesn't happen. I mean, Wolf Blitzer spoke to the to Mike Pompeo, the current Secretary of State in the United States, and I. I think that's the secretary of state or the defense secretary. Either way, he was talking to him and he asked him whether the United States would, um, would uh, consider military action. And, and um, he, the, the, Pompeo said that it's not, it's not off the table, but he was, he refused to give uh, spe- um, specific instances or situations as to when the United States would actually step in and, and, and bring in the troops. So that's what concerns me the most, you know, seeing a regime change and potentially seeing something even worse happening to Venezuela, which is, you know, an external force propping up their own um, their own dictator. Like the United States has done that in the past where out of good intentions, they bring in their own dictator that turns out to just plague the country for half a century. Okay. Um, Manny, uh, actually, before we go on to Manny, I mean, you mentioned there, uh, how did Venezuela become so poor? Because actually, Venezuela at one time was one of the richest countries in South America. Um, I think at one point it was actually richer than Britain because of the oil it had. Um, and so, um, one of the things, well, people who support the government, they say that, um, it's the result of, um, a low oil prices in 2015. Is basically that seems what to be the consensus um, around what um, has been causing Venezuela's economic problems. The supporters of the government um, instead are saying that it's not just falling oil prices, but it's also international international sanctions. The country's a business elite, but other people are saying it's it's more of a mismanagement of the economy and corruption. So. Um, it looks like there there are two different sides to saying why Venezuela is the way it is, but um, I think things will become more clear as time goes on, as we move on into the future, what actually caused this. But uh, Manny, what are your thoughts on the situation in Venezuela? Yeah, I mean, I think it's concerning. I think uh, that Jorge Ramos filmed uh, of people who were at a garbage truck um, I'm looking for food, pretty much just like pulling like anything that they found like from a garbage truck and and the guy he was like interviewing um the guy that was pulling food out of the garbage truck, like Jorge Ramos asked him like, you know, about his situation and the guy was saying how he used to be a doctor or something like that, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. And then, like, he's never ate food like, out of the garbage can until, like, the last few years or something like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think videos like that sh- sh- shows how bad things have gotten. And it's been happening for years. I mean, like, obviously now it's the worst, but um, I've spoken to Venezuelans before, back when, like, Hugo Chavez was still alive and president. Um, and you know, like pretty much like suffering through hunger and things like that. I don't think it was as bad as it is now, but um, it's always been an issue and it's sad to see a country um, like Venezuela uh, 
located, like Daniel said, in this part of the hemisphere, um, suffering the way that they are. Um, you know, a lot of people like also blame the fact that they're a socialist country um, for their issues. Um, and in a way, I think it's true. I think I think that the socialism there is not designed in the way that when crisis happened, I think it makes it worse. Like that's the way like it's designed, at least in Venezuela. Um, so it doesn't make it any better in my opinion. But yeah, it's it's sad to see. Yeah, this sad to see. And there's some more stats. Um, International Monetary Fund says that um, it um, has the world's worst economic growth and has the worst inflation, the ninth worst unemployment rate right now, and also has the second worst murder rate and the infant mortality rate that's gotten 100 times worse um, over the past four years. Um, And yeah, so Venezuela has gone completely uh, basically down the toilet. And basically what we're seeing now is we're seeing – a guy trying to maintain power, Maduro's trying to maintain his position, and then you have this other guy called Guaido uh, trying to to push him out. And we're, we're, we're probably going to see the resolution of this soon because, like, like I said, Guaido said uh, recently that um, he called out for security forces to join him. Um, it, it still looks like it's up in the air on how that's going to turn out as of, as of Thursday, May 2nd. We don't know how it's going to turn out. So many pointed out it's been pretty bad. I mean, you have prostitutes from Venezuela going into Colombia to try to make a, uh, make a living. You have, um, you have like people when they go to the hospital, they have to buy their own medicine um, because the hospital can't afford to buy the medicine. Um, You have, it's just, it's really bad situation. Um, and for a lot of people, it seems, um, they've also refused aid. They tried to, I think it was a couple months ago, tried to get, um, aid into their food and stuff. And the army basically kept out the aid that they tried to get in. So it's, it's really bad. Um, I think what's going to be interesting is to see what does the United States do if Maduro doesn't step down. Uh, do we, as Daniel um, mentioned, um, you know, do we put b- boots on the ground? And I kind of want to get your thoughts on that. Do you think that, you know, worst case scenario, if Guaido himself cannot um, pull out this a successful coup, that's basically what it is, will will be a successful coup, push out um, Maduro. You think that is America's responsibility to try to help out the people in Venezuela? Um, I'll go. I'll start with you, Manny. What do you think? I think it is technically the United States, like duty, but like, there's a lot of like international um, implications. Like I think it was this week um, that we heard that um, I think Russia had told um, President Maduro like to stay put or something like that. Um, mm. At least that's what I think the government, uh, the U.S. government is saying. Um, so, like something like that, like by putting boots in Venezuela, it might potentially start like a whole mess with Russia. And also, I was reading too that that the U.S. government suspects that there's twenty thousand um, 
20,000 troops from Cuba and Venezuela, too. Mm -hmm. I've heard. Currently. So, and according to Cuba, like they're saying, it's not true. Um, of course. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've never been the transparent government. So, like, why <laughs> would like, anyone believe them? But, um, yeah, so just think about the international uh, implications it would have. So that's the reason why um, I think we won't. And honestly, like the reason why we still haven't. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy though. Like I've never seen a situation like, like this where a, a current president who's pretty much like the United States and no longer backs and a ton of other countries um, in Latin America like have said that they don't consider him the president anymore. Um, right. He's refusing to step down. But yeah, I think the United States uh, won't. Should they? Yeah, I mean, because we've done it like to other countries in the Middle East, so why can't we do it to Venezuela? <laughs> um, but I think we won't. Okay. Uh, Daniel, do you think that the United States should put boots on the ground if it comes to that? Or should we not? I mean, I think it has to. I, I think that um, I don't want it to see it happen. I, I, I sympathize with a lot of people who, who agree that the United States, its interventions, its, its, its Cold War era interventions in, in Latin America, um, always serves the purpose of, of for the United States to prevent the spread of communism, but then and, and left the country in, in complete shambles. Um, one of the earlier doctrines of the, of the United States foreign policies, the Monroe Doctrine, and the belief that the United States has, has basically caused the shots in this half of the world. And, um, and so, I mean, if the United States doesn't move and it doesn't act, what you can see is Russia gaining influence on this half of the world again. And, you know, that's the last thing I th I mean, that's the last thing that I think people want to see because I don't I, like it already annoys me to know that Russia is is taking this opportunity to really annoy the United States and to really say, like, like if it wasn't for Russia backing Maduro, it, it wouldn't I feel like Maduro would have just given up. But now that he knows that he has the, he has one of the only countries in the world that can stand up. Um, to the United States um, on his side, and then he doesn't feel like backing down. And in a way, some people may say that's a good thing, people who, who don't believe in the American empire. But um, it, uh, I, I think the, I think, I don't, I don't think this as a matter of opinion, I think as a matter of facts or, or belief, I guess I think this is just a fact that United States would have to intervene if things get more heated uh, unless maduro willingly gives himself up um, it seems that russia is, is just going to continue marching on forward with their own personal intervention within venezuela while completely denying that they're helping while at the same time accusing the united states of of in, trying to do interventions and stuff so it's all this ugly mess where where Russia is taunting the United States with yet another 
unfortunate uh, humanitarian catastrophe in this part of the world. And with that, uh, we'll be right back with the second half of the podcast. All right, and uh, welcome back to the podcast. We're going to continue talking about the situation in Venezuela and our thoughts on it. Uh, Daniel had just talked um, before the break, was just talking about how uh, America may have to step in um, because Russia is definitely intent on needling um, this issue, America with this issue in Venezuela. And I think my uh, opinion about it is that... um, I, I I hope it doesn't get to the point where the United States does or the United States feels like it has to put boots on the ground because um we we've been trying to get out of the Middle East for what the last what sixteen, seventeen years and I wouldn't want to see another situation like that pop up here in this hemisphere, in Venezuela. Um, it does look like Russia is doing this, basically, to the annoy, to annoy the United States. Um, I'm pretty sure they have some interests also in um, Venezuela. I'm pretty sure the Chinese do as well. Um, and if they could secure a foothold um, here in this hemisphere, um, that does a lot to undermine the security of this hemisphere and the United States, in my opinion. And so I think that if America does have to put boots on the ground, um, it does escalate this thing into, um, it does make this escalation, unless um, the United States can somehow convince the UN to make it like a joint mission, which is basically a peacekeeping mission where they send the UN troops. Um, Because otherwise, if, United States goes in alone, then it's just going to be seen as the United States by people who don't like us. It's going to be seen as the United States making a grab for for power in the same way we did in the Middle East um, for oil and, and Iraq and Afghanistan. And I think the most interesting thing is it's not everyone in Venezuela is actually against Maduro. Because if he was, if they were, then Maduro would be out of power. There are actually some people in Venezuela that actually still like Maduro's regime. So someone is benefiting in Venezuela. Um, I'm not sure particularly who they are, but whatever stake that they have, um, it does look like some people in Venezuela are doing good, but it does look like, at least from what we're being told, a lot of people in Venezuela aren't doing well. So that's uh, quite an interesting uh, thing, too. What makes them still remain loyal to Maduro, even though the country, from the outside looking in, is pretty bad? I think that's a valid point. Like, but in a crazy way, I, each like each person in power like always has followers. Um, like a lot of times, the people who do support like people like Maduro are people who have government jobs and especially in uh, a country like that, like in a socialist environment and the people of the country are poor. Um, so I feel like a lot of his supporters like are um, not these government people. Um, I was also reading something, I guess you can 
that kind of say is like a conspiracy theory or like a theory from a, um, a Republican, um, uh, a congressman from Florida. And uh, he was saying how um, a reason why we should support like Maduro's um, opposition is because um, he's claiming, but it's, I mean, there's no proof of it that Russia is like planning to put missiles in Venezuela. Um, and that's his reasoning. He says if, if Maduro stays in power, that Russia is going to continue to mingle with Maduro and eventually put missiles in Venezuela. That's kind of mm-hmm. crazy. You know, that's, that's crazy thinking, but that's what he's saying. Um, but I mean, I think he's right in the sense that, yeah, then Russia might continue to take advantage of the situation to kind of mingle more with Venezuela. Um, you know, kind of like back in the day, how the Soviet Union um, used to give Cuba, um, pretty much like support Cuba um, in terms of like economically. Um, I won't be surprised if Russia tries doing that too, but yeah. So I think, I guess I just want to kind of comment at this point, just all these things that seem like the Cold War era. It seems to me that that Venezuela made the United States mad, as you said, after nationalizing their oil. So it appears to me that 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 once the oil money went from being something that belonged to the free market, and hence any company that may exist in the United States, you know, or you know Exxon Mobil, the the oil belonged to the Venezuelan people, and it belonged to that nation that that wealth belonged to the people, or at least that wealth is wealth to stay in Venezuela as opposed to being something that the United States can siphon off through its own companies. And right. it seems that in that way, I, I think that's kind of messed up where the United States just basically wants everybody's oil money. And so that, that seems like then naturally, if you're, if you're a country that likes instead that has wealth, potential wealth, and you don't want bigger countries leeching off of you, maybe bigger um, capitalistic countries leeching off of you. An, a natural option is to choose a socialistic policies that will that will take your your government your your country's goods and put it into uh, not into the free market, but into the hands of of well of quote unquote the people in in form of a nationalized. Um, oil company etc and what ends up happening with this sort of stuff with i think socialism is that that uh, i think socialism like it's i guess i don't think it's compatible with like um with just i guess you'd have to give it so in a socialist country needs a leader and the leader can't just be a power hungry guy like like some people are nowadays, but the leader needs to be somebody who actually wants to solve problems. And when you get the power hungry people, this is where your economy starts to fail because you didn't properly plan it. And now, you know, now given that um, the United States has been putting economic pressure on Venezuela um, and who knows, who really knows what caused the the inflation. I mean, um, I don't, I certainly don't, I'm sure people do, but now there's this inflation and I don't know, it's an unfortunate situation. I think, um, yeah, Russia, 
I didn't know about that. That I mean, Russia could potentially put um, missiles in Venezuela, and at this point, I would say, what what's worth? So you know, are, are we going to have a missiles a missile crisis with Trump in office, or is Trump going to have to decide? Am I going to Am I going to intervene in Venezuela before Russia gets into Venezuela or am I going to let the Russians, you know, have it? And I think so far Trump has seemed to be a guy who does not start wars, but I mean, actual wars. Um, But I don't know. I think the scary thing is, is that a conflict or unrest in another country somewhere can set off like a whole series of events where you end up in conflict where uh, it's millions of people's lives on the line. And we've seen this before. We've seen it uh, World War One. something happened in uh, Serbia, a place where probably most people back then couldn't tell you and probably most people now couldn't tell you where it was on the map. And all of a sudden there are millions of men in France fighting and, and Russia fighting. Uh, over that, um, Germany attacks Poland in 1939, and all of a sudden the whole world is at war. Um, there have been a couple of flashpoints over, during the Cold War that could have turned into something bigger Korea, Vietnam. And so, um, I just hope that this doesn't become another flashpoint where we begin creeping closer and closer and closer to something bigger, a bigger conflict. And never knowing when we're going to fall over the edge. Um, Because I think the danger with a lot of the stuff is that you can become too complacent and think that, oh, no one's going to be crazy enough to take, like, that last step. And I think that sometimes the ball, the situation can get out of control and the ball just gets rolling. And then by the time you go to try to grab it back, it's too late. And I think that's, I hope that, that that is something that doesn't happen in this case. And that Venezuela on its own can figure this out. But from what I'm seeing, um, Guaido's already admitted that he doesn't doesn't look like he has enough strength in order to push Maduro out. Yeah, he so tried. Who knows what happens next? Yeah, he tried getting uh, had the military on his side, and the military didn't listen. But um, yeah, I mean, and a lot of people don't know this, but like Venezuela is. Like one of the worst countries, like for the media, um, like all the news, like outlets are state-run. Um, I started from Chavez, where he pretty much um, got rid of like any type of free press in Venezuela, um, and even like TV channels. And this started like with Chavez too. And it continued worse, like with Maduro was, um, for example, back in the days, Venezuela was the number one like telenovela like country. That's where they used to film all the tele- um, all the telenovelas like like before Mexico. Um, and when Chavez came into power, he pretty much shut that down. You know, like even normal television is state run. So that's another big concern too, is that the people there can't being sheltered away from kind of like um, any type of free press um, and being a journalist, there's almost a life sentence. Um, I mean, just take a look, like even 
American journalist like Jorge Ramos who went there and simply asked a question was was detained. So, um, yeah, I mean, that country is just a whole mess. But um, based on what everyone's saying, like the majority of the country, like doesn't want him as president. Um, right. So then what do you do? Like, do you just wait to the next election, which he always wins for some reason? You know, right. or cause something has to happen. Like if a country does not want the person that's leading them, you know, that's a dangerous thing. You know, hmm. I know some people, but do you, I know that like about, a Democrat but... would be like, yeah, but we have the same thing with Trump. It's not the same thing. Um, it's not to, you hmm. know, like a good chunk of the country still likes Trump. And second of all, the country like isn't, a mess right now like it might be a political mess in, in in the democrats opinion but it's not like a mess in terms of like economically or or uh or, yeah or social it's yeah things like that but yeah it's just crazy like is the country gonna survive in six years based on mm-hmm. the way it is it's not you know and also like a lot of American countries around Venezuela are pretty, like, I don't like the fact that they kind of just sit around and, you know, like, just waiting for the United States to do something. And they might speak up and agree with the United States. Like, I think, like, Colombia. Um, yeah, Colombia, I think, I support the opposition. Supported. Yeah, and, and Brazil. But then, like, both of those countries are just like, all right. You know, all right, United States, like, what are you guys gonna do? Like, why don't they do something too? You know, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I think that you bring up a good point. And no, I know that Peru has sent a lot of humanitarian aid, I think. Um, but so that's that's a good point. Why don't the Latin American countries around Venezuela try to help Venezuela? And possibly because maybe, I don't know, I guess it. I want to say maybe countries that are near each other don't want to intervene in each other unless you're the Middle East and, you know, or I don't know. It seems like people just look towards superpowers to do everything, but um, that's a good point. You know, autonomy within the Latin American community to help the Latin, uh, excuse me, autonomy uh, between the Latin American countries in the form of letting the Latin American countries intervene in other Latin American countries and stuff will, seems to be an attractive option, although um, certainly I think a, a world power would be much more effective in executing such a, you know, like regime change or something. Mm. Um, but I, I would then, think... Uh, go ahead. I, w- I would think, though, that... Um, I, w- I would think that the one reason why they may not intervene is, one... Um, Going into a country uninvited is all is always a a nuclear option when it comes to solving things. Um, you want to be invited in, and even if you are invited in, the population may not like the fact that you have come into their country. So, for example, Colombia is like right next to Venezuela. If they were to say like mobilize and like, um, if they were to mobilize and and quote unquote invade to help them push out. Um, Maduro, not only are they getting their country involved in what could be a costly war, but they're also fighting on Venezuela's soil and Venezuela citizens may be like, well, we want to help, but not this kind of help. 
and now you're involved in this big thing. Also, you may start. It may look like a power grab too, because now you're you're putting troops in a foreign country, and um, there's no guarantee that you'll leave, and no one is going to look kindly on you doing that. I mean, America can get away with it, or has gotten away with it in the past because you're so powerful. Mm-hmm. But if C- Colombia or say like Brazil were to jump up and say, "Well, you know what? We're going to just do a military intervention." Um, pretty sure the United States would step in and be like, "Whoa, slow your slow your roll." But I think I think everyone, I think no one, really wants to pull out the military option because once you pull out the military option, um, that's a lot of money you have to spend. Yeah, on another country, and then yeah. um, it also could turn out badly for you. And I think no one really wants to pull the trigger on that. Right. Right, but I, I think the United States is going to be pushed um, because of Russia, like to do something that it's uncomfortable doing at this point in time. In, in our history, it seems that we don't have any more appetite to get involved in 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 Latin American countries. But I mean, that's why I've I that's what I heard from Mike Pompeo. Like, like every time Wolf Blitzer asked for for a clarification, he kept on saying like. I really don't mm-hmm. want to have to like consider the military option, but right. I'm willing to do it. I'm not going to specify the the parameters or what is going to cause me to go to consider the military option. But right. yeah, I don't know. Seems like well, we should know soon whether or not um whether or not Guaido is is going to be uh what what was it that you said and. Uh, intern president, intern yeah. president. So, yeah, you're gonna say something. Man? I think this. Yeah, I mean, I think this like issue is gonna continue. To be honest, like into the post-election time. So, mm-hmm. like, whether it's Trump or if there's a new president, I think uh, they're gonna have to deal with it. But I think this issue is gonna last way longer than people think. I think Maduro is not gonna step down and. Things are just going to get bad. Um, you know, it, it's crazy because Ogo Chavez, when he got cancer, claimed that the United States were the ones to give him cancer. So I guess right. in that mentality, why why doesn't the United States give Maduro cancer? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like that was his mentality. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Right. Oh, yeah. I remember a point I was going to, I keep on forgetting to say, mm-hmm. I feel as though, like, when I think Maduro, if you're Maduro, like, um, and like, why? So it's like, so I don't know if the election was rigged, but assuming that it was, or I guess assuming you're Maduro and you know you rigged the election, um, like, why stick around? Like, why? force yourself to still be in power and watch your country really just um, go into shambles and why do all of this um, while allowing Russia to like to take seize the opportunity and I don't know it just seems to me like I'm getting tired of this like why are dumb people in power or I guess I don't want to say dumb but just like you got to ask yourself, why do you want to be in power? Do you have solutions for the country you love or you, or you don't? If you don't, 
and your and you being in power is causing the destabilization of your country and the and the world at large. Why don't you just sit down? So I guess the answer is greed, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I think you hit it right on the nail. I think it is greed. Um, he definitely will do anything to stay in power. He, I mean, he created a rival body to the National Assembly just with his own supporters because his rivals had gotten control of the National Assembly. That would be like the that would be like Trump here making like a whole separate Congress because he felt like Congress wasn't for him mm. in the United States. He if, just if Trump was to do that, he just would have just be like yeah. Yeah, just the Trump just goes ahead and is just like, yep. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, since I'm not getting anything done in in, in Congress, uh, I'm just going to create like a whole new body, uh, put like 50 corporate executives on it of my own choosing, and we'll make the decisions from now on. And that's basically what Maduro did in his country. So it does seem like he was willing to do whatever he can to maintain power because you know some people, um, the power is the high. Um, they get the high off the power. Um, they get. The, they get the money that goes along with it to get the good living, and they'll do whatever it takes to stay in that. Because once they leave that, um, I mean, what's he going to do? Go to like some apartment in in Russia or something like that? Mm-hmm. That would be probably like his best option. Um, After so yeah, so um, we don't know how long the Venezuelan people are going to have to um, are going to have to put up with basically a, a guy who. Won't step down for what looks like the best of his country. I mean, even if everything was right, um, it just looks like at this case, the staying in power is just tearing your country apart. I mean, you won't even let aid into your country. That's the thing. It's like, I can see maybe not accepting money, but you won't even let like the necessary food and medical supplies into your country. That says something about you, I I, I feel. Yeah. So, um, any uh, closing remarks? I, I think... It, it seems this really seems like um, like an anthology series to the Latin America's Cold War. Nobody asked for mm. like just the hey, you remember the thing that ha- finished thirty years ago? Do you want it to happen again? No, no one asked. For, literally, no one <laughs> asked for. <laughs> um, literally, nobody asked for Russia and the United States to get involved once again. In a Latin American country, hmm. I think that I think that both like the Castros and Chavez, and now Maduro, and both Cuba and Venezuela have taken advantage of the fact that um, United States, since what the '60s or so, has not cared about like, Latin America as much and and been focusing more on the Middle East. And so I, I feel like for a long time, both of these countries um, have just gotten away with, you know, you know, pretty much like treating like their populations like garbage. People in those countries like garbage had um, not giving them the proper, um, proper tools to live in terms of food and economically. And I feel like now we're kind of seeing the consequences of that. And the fact that the United States has not like, pretty much ignored this issue. Cause like I said before, it wasn't as bad as it is now, but 
um, when Chavez was president, it wasn't like any better. Um, like they were struggling still. Um, and Cuba, the people in Cuba have been struggling since the 50s, like since the Castro's I took over the United States. Really hasn't done like, anything about that either. So, yeah. And like you say, it's going to be really interesting to see um, about this going forward. Um, are we going to let Venezuela uh, sort its own problems out? And if it does end up that Maduro comes out on the top, uh, what are we going to do then? Do we just sit back and just say, like, well, Venezuela, deal with it? Um, if Guaido does come out on top, what's next for Venezuela as a country? How do they recover from this? I think those are a lot of questions that going forward that Venezuela and its people uh, are going to have to confront. And hopefully um, there's a brighter future waiting for them once the situation uh, is over. So uh, I would like to uh, thank uh, Danny, Daniel and uh, Manny for uh, joining me uh, for the podcast. Um, this is our 10th episode. Uh, we actually made it for 10 episodes, guys. So uh, here's <laughs> so uh, here's the, the 10 more episodes and, uh, and many more going forward. So you guys can... Um, so you guys can reach out to us uh, um, via email at uh, couchpoliticstalk at gmail.com and also on Twitter at politicscouch. That is um, uh, via email at couchpoliticstalk at gmail.com and on Twitter at politicscouch. Thank you for listening. And this is the end of the 10th episode of Couch Politics. <laughs>